Incoming chat. All right, welcome everybody to the final episode of the season of Incoming Chat. And we couldn't close it better than this. So I had to invite my friend, Jim Williams. Welcome. Jim is an entrepreneur, comedian, joy spreader, medical clowning, uh, probably missing a bunch of things, but you're a multitasking man for sure. Exactly. Thank you for, for inviting me and giving me some, some social interaction. No worries, man. It's, it's been a while. I guess. <laughs> a it's been bit. a while. Um, I, just going to start the same way I started usually. Just say if you can give me a little picture of what you've been doing for the last couple of years. Um, I've been in Poland for the last 13 years. Since I've been out here, um, I started the English stand-up uh, community out here. I also performed stand-up in Polish. Before that, I was a physical comedian, and I toured across Poland and Europe with my, my physical act, Liquid Mime, uh, since 2002. 12, uh, I've been working with an organization called Czerwony Noski, which translates to Red Noses, and they're part of Red Noses International. That's the medical clown uh, uh, stuff that I do. And then uh, using comedy to do, for example, corporate, corporate events when companies have their Christmas party to bring it for entertaining. But also sometimes workshops, humor workshops, and, and working with people in a strict and stuffy office setting to find ways to lighten the atmosphere and get people to loosen up a little bit. Uh, and having three kids and trying to survive being in this country. Especially we have three kids. Uh, <laughs> I have two and that's um, I'm already this part. But it's, it's good. It's beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's part of the... <laughs> if they so, ever watch this, it's awesome. <laughs> so um, one of the things is when, when I met you the first time, um, it was through comedy. You were doing comedy. You, were, you wanted to bring me into um, Spanish comedy that I still haven't done. <laughs> I will get around it one of these days. Um, but now you turn into business. Uh, you started, I mean, I guess... Through everything that's been happening for the last few months, yeah, uh, a lot of people trying to figure out a way to make extra cash, and you turn into creating your own business. This is true. Um, I mean, I've, I've I've had my own business as a self-employed entertainer for mm -hmm. for a number of years, but that was basically I'm I was my commodity, and I never got to the level of of like creative rights or selling a book or anything that was passive and didn't require me to be somewhere to make that money. Um, and when the pandemic happened, all of my sources of income uh, stopped. No more shows because no more live entertainment. Uh, couldn't go into the hospitals uh, because of the quarantines. And even though we consider ourselves essential to the mental health of everybody in the hospital, when it comes down to it, medical clowns are not essential to the actual physical health of the people in the hospital. So that had to end. Um, and when I was struggling with uh, keeping my own sanity and, and staying positive and fighting depression in, in my house, uh, I started to make, uh, I started to cook cause I, I, I love to cook and, uh, I've, I've learned to make a lot of American food since I've been out here because there's just a lot it's of nothing. things, yeah, there's, you know, there's that's, things that's you fact. can't get. <laughs> I mean, it's gotten a little bit better in the last few years, but like when I first got here, you couldn't even get a decent pizza. Um, the, the sauce was like ketchup. Everyone was putting ketchup on the pizza, which you, why? Yeah, never mind. We don't we don't have we don't have enough time to, no, to get into right. to get, <laughs> uh, so I learned how to make good pizza dough and homemade pizza sauce and uh, homemade Thanksgiving dinner and pumpkin pie and, and all that stuff. So started making stuff to to make myself feel better and then uh, my kids really like what I make and 
I, I think one of them was just like, oh, man, you should open a restaurant or something. You know, like as kids do because they think oh. everything you make is phenomenal. Um, and then I was like, well, actually, that, that's, not a bad that's, idea. A, that's a thing. That's a thing I could do for money. Uh, as I was scanning everything else, I'm like, what, what, what skills do I have that could possibly, especially as a freelance entertainer and clown, like I'm not, I'm not built for the business world. Even if I gave my CV to IBM, they would never hire me and I would never survive there more than a day. You can't put me in a chair. Um, but I started to produce, uh, I started with three, three products right now that I've more in mind, but just to, to get, to get the steps down. So I'm, uh, I, I make my homemade salsa. It's fresh salsa needs to be refrigerated because it has fresh ingredients and it's not that tomato shirt that you, you buy in Carrefour, yeah. uh, homemade English muffins and a chocolate cake that's Coca-Cola chocolate cake. It's chocolate cake made with Coca-Cola. I heard about that I, I, <laughs> it's a, it's a It's a recipe I got from another guy in Wrocław uh, named Christian A. Dumay. Um, and I've adapted the recipe, and I'm calling it If America Was a Cake Cake because... <laughs> I think it's, it's pretty much, it's If just, it's, it's, it's butter, sugar, and Coca-Cola. That's pretty much America in a nutshell. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely going to try that one. <laughs> so, um, but do you literally turn, I mean, you were always on stage. That's yeah. your thing. I mean, even with Medical Clown, that we're going to get into it a little mm -hmm. more, most of these events, and now you went to the kitchen, and you're creating your own brand. I mean, you've, you've always been known as the famous Jim Williams. Yes. But now you're turning into your own little brand of food. Now, how's the trip so far? Because I know you didn't start that long ago, but... It's, uh, yeah, it's still super fresh. Um, I, I just launched, uh, you can buy my products on, on vrofood.pl. Uh, Gaston through G Coffee is the guy behind that. Um, but it's, it's actually uh, a, a long time dream come true because when I came up with the, with the moniker famous Jim Williams, no one... It, the, the the story's too old for me to really uh, understand and everyone assumes I'm just really egotistical but like <laughs> you know I, when I started to make a name for myself out here and I had a couple of TV appearances and I was on Poland's Got Talent and whatever and most of the people wouldn't know who the hell I was but sometimes I'd like walk into a McDonald's and the kid behind the counter would be like oh my god and I'm like what do you I'm just so I like this micro celebrity <laughs> some people thought I was famous and I thought that was funny and, and then I thought famous Jim that sounds like I could have my own barbecue sauce you know like Newman's own or yeah, whatever yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I never got around to it um and then the pandemic and the kids and the food and and and, and needing to make money put everything together so now I'm finally and it's been a really fun journey because I had to design the label and write what's on the label and I'm finding all these different ways to use my sense of humor to tell a story through my food and to get people interested in in buying it so if, if you look at the label there's a lot of i mean the the ingredients of of all of these um well i will read this so this is my gringo salsa this is spank my taste buds hot this is the spicy version ingredients tomato onion cilantro lime bell pepper love jalapeno radish green onion salt pepper and freedom <laughs> It has to have freedom. <laughs> In every jar, there's a little bit of freedom. Yep. Nice. And just, just, just little, little stuff like that that, that uh, gives me pleasure to make and then to try to spread 
joy in different avenues uh, now that uh, the world needs a little bit more because yeah, it's definitely. just it, it's a flaming dumpster fire every day. Um, so every every any little any little thing to 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 make someone else smile and to make myself smile to keep going is. Do, is, do you think without the pandemic would it? Like you would jump in it or probably not for another 10 years. Because like I said, I, I mean, I've had the idea of famous gyms, hot mustard or, or whatever for for at least 10 years and just never uh, wanted to open up a restaurant called Famous Jim's Big Fucking Burgers. Don't know if I can swear here, but that was <laughs> with the same kind of like, you know, American, like just be yeah, really vulgar yeah. and like, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the size of fries would be one size, a shitload. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I got, I, I was just uh, working day by day uh, and, and struggling as uh, an entertainer trying to support three kids, which was always starting the month, looking at the end of the month going, I mean, we we always seem to get there somehow, but I don't know how. Yeah, some, sometimes it feels just like, how did I do that? Like, I made it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, by not sleeping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, from the comedy world, from the entertainment world, uh, you started your own business now, but now thinking of what the stuff that you were doing for companies, right? I mean, companies, yeah. it's sort of a common thing that they will hire either a comedian or strippers or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> or in my um, case, both. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or entertainment. It's all about entertainment. Um But companies are using a lot of comedy right now because, like you said, the people need it. They, they need a little laugh. Um, did you ever have to like work closer with companies trying to figure out their messaging, try to give something a little more spicy, a little more, uh, I don't know, like more entertaining? In in the marketing sense, no. But I've I've done quite a few interesting projects through human resources and working with the actual people in terms of like, Uh, improving office morale and getting people to step outside their comfort zones and taking risks because that's really what performance is all about and especially in the world of clown. There's a whole philosophy and the clown I'm talking about is not the colorful wig, bunch of painted, just, you know, external. No, I mean, uh, clown, clowning is a whole art. Yes, it? yes, yeah. yes. And, the, and, and, and one of the, the prime tenants is risking Uh, celebrating failure and having a lot of distance to yourself, which I think is good for humans in general. And especially in the world of business culture where it's there's a lot of pressure and there's not a lot of room for mistakes, although I believe there could be, especially when I talk to people that work in large companies, even smaller companies. And, and that's what companies have sometimes brought me in to do um, as, as well as Uh, to help people cope with diversity and to integrate people from all all, all different uh, regions of the world that are now working in one office, but but just you know like doing an improv workshop or a clown workshop and and talking people who are used to wearing suits and ties into doing uh, silly uh, improv games or, or clown games that are designed to make you fail. I have, I have games that I teach where you, you can't win. And that's the whole point. There's the winning is how long you can fail. That's, that's, that's really, and, and to see people first get really uncomfortable and not want to take that risk and, 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 and look like a fool Um, but, but also I learned from having kids and trying to guide their education and seeing all the developments in education since I was a kid that, that failing and learning and not being perfect 
is the way to learn faster. You learn from your mistakes. So if you're not allowed to make mistakes, how are you going to learn? And that doesn't stop when you stop being a kid. I think the same thing applies in, in business, in adult life, in entrepreneurship, um, in, in everything. It's weird that um, companies, they, they try to find these sort of workshops or, or, or mindsets a bit late. So when's like, look, the morale is terrible. Let's, <laughs> let's bring a guy to make these people laugh. So it's not like, it's not part of the strategy. Like it's very rare that companies will think, okay, let's have a continuous training or continuous influence from outside of like how our people can get outside the comfort zone or like you said, they learn about their failures. Do you think, do you think that's changing? Do you think companies like they're trying to have this more, and maybe I'm using the wrong word, but like mindfulness aware, uh, awareness. That's, that, that's the perfect word. Um, I hope so. And I think so, uh, since recent events where everybody has kind of found themselves in the same situation situation. So there, there, there has been an increase in compassion and understanding for the human condition, um, because everyone's feeling it, you know? Um, but what you just said reminds me of something that happens in the hospitals that I think is also true to the world. It's, 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 uh, preemptive. And I think that's what you're talking about. I don't know if it is happening, but it certainly should. Um, sometimes in the hospital, us clowns, we work in pairs. We are called into a situation to put out a fire, so to speak, where, uh, the, the nurse needs to draw blood from the kid and they've already tried to force the issue and the kid's freaking out and screaming and on the floor. Yep. And they're like, Oh, we'll get the clowns. We'll cheer up the kid. <laughs> Bring out the clowns. Pretty much. Jeez. And we're like, Thanks. When, when really, uh, in, in the ideal situation with the staff in the hospitals that have known us for a long time and know how to best utilize what we bring to the hospital environment, they give us time to go meet the kid first in their room before the procedure even starts. We build up trust. We, we get them to loosen up and we make a connection. The kid's breathing more because laughter stimulates breathing and even they can feel us breathe. If I start breathing deeper, you'll start breathing deeper subconsciously. We escort the kid into, uh, into the procedure room. The kid sits down. They're more focused on us. Maybe we'll do a magic trick using the hand that's not necessary for the procedure. But it's all those steps before up to the point of the actual drawing the blood that makes the whole situation nice. And I think there's a there's a big parallel between, like you said, you know, morale goes into a nosedive. So they hire an entertainer or a motivational speaker or someone to basically put out the fire when if you would invest just a little bit into, now I'm missing a word, um, not preemptive, but like like when you take vitamins, you're, you're uh, prophylactic, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Right, that you you do a little bit of forework, and and then you never get to the crisis moment because you're on a different path. Or, or even if you get there, you probably can control it a lot easier than having to lift the whole morale from the bottom up. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and um, this um, the the red uh, red noses, yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, is it's a whole international um, thing. It's it's um. The organization that I'm a part of is a multinational organization, but the actual profession of being a medical clown is international. Um, it's, it, 
it's happening uh, professionally and uh, as as volunteers all over the world. But many people make their livings by doing this, and we go through a lot of of training in hospital hygiene, in bedside manner, in psychology and sociology to be able to do what we do as well as uh, maintaining a high artistic level. So Red Noses International is based out of Austria, and there's 12 partner countries connected to that, basically uh, all surrounding Central European countries, including uh, Palestine and Jordan, okay. which is awesome because I get to work with Palestinian clowns and Jordanian clowns. Wow. And they are hilarious because to live in the place that they live, you need to have a sense of oh, humor. Yeah. And the work that they're doing is phenomenal. Um but it, it basically operates like a franchise NGO. We all have the same uh, uh, logos and, and the same business practices, and there's a lot of knowledge sharing. But we also operate independently depending okay. on the needs of the local country, culture, regulations, whatever. But I'm, I'm guessing countries are very welcoming these um, initiatives or – Oh, I, I, was, I was scared that, you, that, that was not going to be the case. It, it really depends on the country and culture. Um, a, a country like Poland, to speak frankly, no offense, Poland, but you were super hard nut to crack, and you still are, because especially post-communist uh, medical staff that have worked through that time were like, you, the doctor says what the doctor says and you believe the doctor and then you do a little curtsy and you give him a bottle of vodka and a bar of chocolate and and like he, the doctor knows all, right? Yeah. Uh, they, they, they don't want to change. New ideas are like, whoa, and bedside manner, like being kind to the patient. What is, <laughs> no. Um, so it took a long, slow time to really get our foot in the door and to give, get the, the hospital, uh, ordinators and directors to give us a chance. But then once they saw the effects that we were having on the staff, on the patients, on the parents, on the cleaning ladies, like it's not just, we don't just go there and play with the kids. Every single person that's in the hospital is in that stressful environment and needs some form of relief and some joy and lightness in what they do. If your nurse or doctor feels better and they are breathing and they carry less stress, that's going to infect you with a little bit less stress. And that's going to infect the kids. Like sometimes we'll reach the kids by focusing mainly on the parents because the parents' energy uh, influences what the kids what the kids feel. And this is just found by like just donations and stuff, right? Or, uh, b basically donations. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a nonprofit organization. It, it is my job and, and we get paid to do it because our philosophy is – um, you wouldn't want a volunteer doctor to operate on your heart. If you want high quality, then you need people that are invested in long-term education and yeah. training. Um, but we, uh, we have a whole fundraising department that are applying for grants and uh, individual uh, donors. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's the kindness of people that uh, understand and, and realize that uh, there's, there's more that needs to be treated in hospitals than just the physical body. Yeah, well, I've I never seen it live, but I've seen some of the videos that you posted before mm -hmm. from your organization. The, 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 the kids' faces, you just, and, and I don't want to get super dramatic, but some of these kids are dying. Yes. Right? Um, yes. Full, completely sick and no, no way to fix that. But it's the faces. It's like, wow, they get to enjoy every moment that they have with you guys. So that's... 
Exactly. It's uh, it can be a mini vacation for them, or just um, uh, just just contact, being seen, or not being judged. That's that's a big thing. But yeah, kids in the oncology hospital, many of them are in isolation. Like they can't have any physical contact. Uh, so we find ways to have visible contact or auditory contact or, you know, doing the elevator thing outside of their glass window. So that they, you know, just, 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 uh, something to, uh, to help them feel seen. Well, even now I saw you guys wearing, they're using cranes. That was, to yeah, just pop up that in was in action just this past Monday for children's day. Uh, a crane company, uh, uh, let us use one of their cranes and we had clowns cause the kids that are in the oncology hospital since the pandemic, cause they have no, uh, immune system. They're the highest risk for exactly. the pandemic right now. But for the last three months, they, they've only seen their parents, hopefully, and the, the staff, and they need contact. So all 12 partner countries, we've everybody's been meeting and brainstorming, like, how can we continue the work that we do? And all the countries have started to really uh, try stuff like this. So yeah, instead of trying to go in the hospital, play from the outside, play through the windows. And, and that was just a blast, man. That was, that was amazing. Um, I, I know I'm rambling, but one important thing, uh, about, yeah, the, the, the kids, the terminal kids, the, the kids that are in, uh, palliative care, whatever it is, uh, the, the, the nice thing about the work that we do is that we acknowledge that we are not actual medical doctors. No. But that takes the pressure off of us to have to deal with anything that is wrong with the kid. That's up to the doctors. Our job is to focus on what's right with the kid. But it's mental health. I mean, it's, it's, it's super important. Yes. But but like with anybody, uh, the main focus of what's in the hospital or we can steer it back into business, entrepreneurship, uh, uh, business culture, company culture, you can focus on what's wrong and when, what needs to be fixed or you can find a lot of lightness, motivation, and, and inspiration by focusing on what's right. And that really is what we're trained to do in the hospital. I, I don't, it doesn't concern me what is technically wrong with the kid. I just need to know that the kid is in the hospital. Yeah. Must be something wrong with him. But that, that, that's your area. You just, my Mary mm-hmm. is, is, he's still a kid. Yeah. She is still a kid. And what is, what are they interested in? What, what is right about the kid? What's, what's good in there? And let's pull that out and, and, and explore that. And I think that can apply to any other area of life. Actually, a quick, uh, quick short story. <laughs> um, I watched Batch Adams, the yeah. movie, yeah. So it makes, so I get that understanding a little bit from it. But once I was applying for a job, I was full on my suit and this clown walked by and say, excuse me. Oh, sure, a clown in the hotel. Ah, <laughs> weird. Um, and then he went inside his room with all these doctors, and that was actually the real Patch Adams. That was, for me, what? I find out, obviously, later, but so it was kind of cool to see that and see the passion behind what you guys do, which is crazy. Now, that same idea that organizations like this, they, they care about social issues or medical issues or basically you try to make people happy somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about companies trying to do that now? Like, um, it's a big thing for companies to do a social responsibility, right? So they, 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 to, to have something that people can relate with this company doing something good for humanity, basically, or for people. 
Like, well, how do you see that approach working? Do you think is 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 something honest, or is is becoming more of a business thing that you have to do? I see it as often being viewed as an obligation, and it is the trendy, correct thing to do, but also very easy to do inauthentically, and that's a pity. My personal view on that whole thing is I'm not quite sure of the legal status of businesses and corporations in Poland and in Europe, but being an American and knowing that in the U.S., companies legally are people, but people without bodies, people without souls, people whose sole existence is to make money, which sometimes uh, leads to underprioritizing the, 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 actual, actual <laughs> the actual health and well-being of the people that work for the company, the, the clients, the, the environment around where the company operates. Um, we've, we've kind of conjured this weird beings into existence that are companies and corporations. And if they are to be legal people and have such an influence, uh, and yeah, have marketing strategies and slogans to help people identify as, with that blah, blah, um, companies need to have a soul. And it is the responsibility of the actual human beings that are connected to that company to give the company the soul. So uh, it's it's not a matter of of doing it so that you're viewed better or, or, or doing it because it's the trendy thing to do or maybe more people will buy your product if you do that. It's... It's an obligation. If, if you have any religious slant, if you have any ethics slant and you believe that people should be good and companies are people, then companies should be good. Should do the right thing. Now, it's, it's, it's always changing, right? Like the, the environment with before, nobody really cared about social um, issues and yeah, now companies are doing it. Mm -hmm. um, with, with that being said, the companies are doing it right now. Um, do you think that honest approach is, is valued by the consumer? Do you think people really care when they see that? I know that you, I, I know that you mentioned that they should do it, right? Companies should do it as pseudo people, what we want to call it. But do you think it, it really makes an effect? Do you think people really appreciate that or, or is it just something that end up being propaganda or, or, or advertising? I see it as being an uphill battle because it's been done for so many years inauthentically and, and not truthfully. Um, you know, companies posting something really vague about whatever current social issue is out there just to show that they're aware of it, but it's not. So there's, I think people are skeptical. The general consumer of anything uh, is very skeptical because they've been uh, not, not mistreated, but they're aware that lied to, lied to basically, yeah. or just just uh, truth and lies are not, are not the words I like to use, but just inauthentic and authentic. Like people can smell BS, and they've put up for too long of like 
We totally care about stuff and things, and we're so cool about the environment. Just like you. <laughs> right. And they're like, no, you don't. You just, like, it's, you're a sh- hollow shell of whatever. Um, I believe it's possible to have an authentic message and to actually care, but because of all of that uh, time that's already been spent being inauthentic, uh, there's a need to rebuild trust and to have patience that if what you're doing doesn't have an immediate effect right now, but you are being authentic, you are being truthful, and you are trying to make a genuine connection with people that uh, interact with your company, it will go the right way. But it may take time just because of the the, the, the bad feeling from before. I totally get it. I remember um, there was a a couple of supermarkets back when I used to live in Chile um, that they will take your change. I was like, do you want, do you want the change or you want to just uh, donate it to, to kids? Or And everybody obviously will say, oh, please take my change. Of course. I mean, I don't care. Uh, but then we find out that they are donating all that money just to get a tax break on their own earnings. So then you're like, Jesus, you're using my own money to look good. And then, I mean, at least, yeah, at least the... The, 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 these foundations and stuff, they're getting money, but it's, it's such an... However, I still believe that they're changing. Things are changing. I mean, I see companies like uh, Nike, um, like Patagonia, they're, they're Lego right now. They suddenly just put the money where their mouth is. I and, just and, saw that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's good to see that it's not about advertising anymore. It's, it's more like, no, we're committing to this. We're, yes. It's not a one time. It's something that we're planning to do. And I think companies are adding it as part of their culture too. Is is uh, their companies that they give days off as, look, if you want to volunteer for something, just go ahead and do it. Take it. It's no vacation day. Just It's a day that we gave you to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to see that they're, the things are changing. I, and I and I agree with that. And there's there's still a lot of hope left. And and sometimes I'm a bit cynical, but the examples you just gave, and I'm sure there's more. Um, it it is changing, and people are waking up to not only the not only the the the, the obligation and social responsibility, but also the the potential of what a company can do for the power of good. Now, with all your knowledge, because I know you've been doing this for for a while. Um, people still lock at home in many places. People is not really, they're not going out um, the, or companies are turning completely remote. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for people to do something at home that will keep them maybe not entertained but at least uh, sane? You, 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 have to, you have to move physically, um, which I, I know I've, I've uh, as, as, as a comedian whose job it is to make other people laugh, uh, I battle with depression and, and it's a common thing because we're always trying to make other people laugh and we don't take care of, of number one. And I'm not a huge fan of exercising and structured, but, but you just you move your body because endorphins give your brain chemicals that it needs to create happiness. It's a, it, it's a, it's a chemical thing. So standing up in your chair, putting up, not putting on a song that you, that you, um, that you know, or, um, one thing that's really helped me because if you're in your house and you're by yourself and it's just you and your thoughts, we can get really crowded. Yeah, sometimes it's scary. Um, so you're 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 really 
is spanning many different uh, time zones, the past, the present, the future, worries, fears, what's going to happen, whatever, uh, grounding yourself. Uh, I can explain a really quick one that we can do right here. I can do it with you. I've been doing it uh, since the pandemic. I taught my kids how to do it. It's called 54321. And all it is is right now, tell me five things you see in this room. Oh, Jesus, bottle, sauce, water, pen, paper. Great. I see that camera. I see this lamp. I see your, your, your colleague, uh, my shorts, and this shirt. I think that was five. Um, tell me four things you can, you're, you can touch or you are touching. Uh, my leg, um, my phone, a glass of water, and a pencil. My butt's on the chair. My arms are on this railing. Uh, touching my shorts and my glasses are touching my nose. It's really quiet in here, but let's try. Can you hear three different things uh, in this room right now? Air conditioned, <laughs> um, my own breathing, and the lights. I'm going to have to hurry up with this. Yeah, the light buzzing, my own voice. And <laughs> and the heavy breathing of the guy behind the camera saying that we're out of time. Um, All right, what are the other two things that people smell, are told? Smell, two things to smell. And the last one is tell yourself one good thing about yourself. The overall effect is that you've put yourself in the present moment and right now you are okay. Love it. I'm going to try that with my kids. Jim, thank you so much for coming. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. And everybody me. listening at home, do you have something new to do? And hope to see you next time. Ready for season two? Thank you one more time. My name is Marcos Bravo and this was Incoming Chat. Thank you for joining us today. Do not miss our next episode and we'll see you next time. Incoming Chat.